Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of Generation GC. Keep swinging from Youth Authority. Song features Kellen Quinn of Sleeping with Sirens. And my guest this week is Tom Kunzman from 18th and Addison. My name is Molly Huddleston, and I am your host. Last week, we talked about Silver Screen Romance from Cardiology. A few days ago, on our bonus episode, we talked about The Innocent by Goldfinger, featuring Good Charlotte and Mast, and next week, we'll talk about a song from Generation Rx. 18th and Addison are a pop rock duo from Ocean County, New Jersey, and you might recognize them because back on episode 7, we had the other half of 18th and Addison and Tom's wife, Kate Kunzman, on the show to discuss the outfield, also from Youth Authority. 18th and Addison released the EP Old Blues Modern Love on Wiretap Records, and at the end of 2020, they released a cover of Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Now, y'all, if you are listening to this episode on the day it comes out, Wednesday, January 20th, it is Inauguration Day, where Joe Biden becomes inaugurated as President of the United States. And uh, it's, you know, I'm not going to say like that the fight for social justice is over. It's definitely not. It's important to keep educating ourselves and staying informed on racism and anti-Semitism and sexism and, you know, the, the financial struggles that a lot of people are facing due to the current situation and how poorly in some situations our government has responded. I, I don't want to say, like, we've won, everything's over now, but I feel a whole lot of relief right now uh, just knowing that we are not facing four more years of Trump. This is a really great step. I'm very glad it's happening. I'm incredibly relieved. Uh, and I'm going to keep staying informed as, as best I can and, you know, in, in the little ways I can, uh, helping to educate and inform and share relevant info with y'all in these intros. Finally, Generation GC stickers are on their way. The first batch of stickers was sent out. The second batch has been ordered. They look pretty much the same. Uh, they're a little bit, the, the glitter is going to look a little different, but they're going to look great. I'm very excited. And if you want stickers, there's two ways you can get them. Number one, you can go to anchor.fm slash generation GC pod and click support. And that helps me keep the show going. Anything that comes into the show through sponsorships or through supporters on anchor that goes right back into making the show the best it can be, whether that's ordering headphones or a laptop stand or different cables and adapters and chargers, all, all the little things I need to keep it going also helps me do things like order the stickers. Second, you can make a charitable donation. If you go to blacklivesmatters.card.co, which as always is linked in the show notes, they're going to list a lot of ways you can help and donate. So donate to any organization listed there. And then you're just going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation, as well as your mailing address, and I will send you stickers pretty exciting. Um, and the stickers will be sent out, you know, as soon as they come in, hopefully that's soon. Thank you all for listening and for your continued support and engagement of Generation GC. It's so, so incredible to me to see just not, not just how many people listen to the show, but how many people care and how many people will write to me on, on social media and message me when new episodes come out. I love that. So Please stay in touch. Please reach out. Generation GC Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Generation GC Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. And now on to episode 48. So, Keep Swinging is track five on Youth Authority Good Charlotte's 2016 
comeback album. It was also their sixth album overall. Track four was Life Can't Get Much Better. Track six is Reason to Stay. So you have this just like pulling the punches right between two pretty sentimental and emotional tracks, kind of sandwiching it. Um, It was not a single, but there is a music video. Not all songs with music videos are singles. Uh, The song features Kellen Quinn of Sleeping With Sirens, one of two collaborations on the record, the other being uh, Reason to Stay, which features Simon Neal of, I think, Biffy Clyro. And yeah, I mean, Kellen has a great voice. He hits those high notes so well. He has such power. Like, I feel like you so rarely hit those notes it's so rare for a man to hit those notes and to have the power that he does versus just being like completely airy falsetto have you been like outside of this song are you a sleeping with sirens fan have you ever seen them live i've seen them live i believe once um in passing Uh, it was like a festival type of setting i'm pretty sure um I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say I'm a fan as I haven't necessarily followed any of their, their, their trajectory or sure, any sure. of their records or anything. But um, yeah, I was aware that they were working closely with uh, MDDN and with Benji and Joel and those guys are, you know, they really champion their, uh, their artists. So I actually learned more about them through, yeah. through uh, Benji and Joel. Same. And, <laughs> Right. And uh, as for his vocals, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, on that song, I think he, he brings a really interesting type of flavor to Good Charlotte on that, actually. It was, it was, a, it was a very strange yeah. surprise. It almost feels inhuman with uh, the way he hits that approach. I yeah. honestly haven't heard a voice that goes that, to that realm, I want to say, probably since Craig Owens and Chiodos. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's another one. That guy, is a, he is a powerhouse vocalist as well. Um, but yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I had not like ever really listened to Sleeping With Sirens, but when mm. I was on Warp Tour, I just ended up seeing them live because they were on right. the tour. Uh, yeah, that might have been where I saw them. Yeah, and it was just like, all right, like I, I get this, you know, just seeing them live and just like hearing their live show um, mm. and hearing how he can hit all those notes and his voice sounds that good live. I was like, all right, I get this. <laughs> I yeah, get why the kids love this. Oh, yeah. True consummate professional, that's for yeah. sure. You can see it in his demeanor. Uh, stories I've heard of how he conducts himself with fans and uh, on the road and things like that. He's, he seems like the real deal. So that's, it's really cool. I'm glad that they, uh, they took notice of somebody like that in a, in a time where you know, we're all witnessing uh, some artists we grew up with <laughs> and uh, love are falling by the wayside due to their you know, negative actions and things like that, all the things that they would typically speak against. And um, you know, it is pretty funny to see that happen and to see one of the good guys be given a chance by some legitimate bona fide icons right. uh, in music. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's funny to me on a, on a related note, just as we talk about sleeping with sirens. So it, this song has been played live a few times and uh, I, I have what I have seen is that it has been played in Brussels, Budapest and Berlin in 2017. Um, there's a live video from the Brussels show on youtube it sounds very good what's wild to me though is like 2018 when generation rx came out 
I'm pretty sure Sleeping With Sirens was on that tour. I think you're right. And I don't think they played this song on that tour, even though Sleeping <laughs> With Sirens was on that tour. Yeah, it's almost begging for it to be right. set at that point, right? Right, <laughs> right. Um, other just relevant fun information I found, it, you know, relating, talking about Sleeping With Sirens and Good Charlotte, is that Kellen joined the band on stage at the APMAs in 2016 to sing Girls and Boys. Right, right. I remember that. They also had Anthony from Bayside singing, I think, yeah. the anthem. It was... We love Anthony and 18th and Addison. Oh, you do? <laughs> we do, yeah. We love Anthony and Bayside. Those, they're awesome. I have seen them live a few times, but it was years ago. But uh-huh. I, interviewed, I interviewed Anthony in 2017. I interviewed one of their guitarists, I think Jack, in 2018. Yeah, and then Jack, I interviewed... Yep anthony again in 2019 awesome so i have talked to him a few times i've never met him in person it's been a while since i've seen them live but right yeah, yeah. especially now right 2020 uh, no one yeah. nobody's doing anything live. <laughs> well right that too that too that's um <laughs> we can't go anywhere <laughs> this song is written by benji and joel madden and john feldman who had produced the album and Tom, you haven't heard this because it's not up yet, but listeners, just a few days ago, you heard us talking all about John Feldman when we did our bonus episode on The Innocent. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Tom, before we dive into Keep Swinging, and there's so much to discuss with this one. Oh my goodness. Um, But before we dive too much into it, I want to help our guests get to know you. So... Listeners, Tom is one half of 18th and Addison, and the other half of 18th and Addison, and also his wife, Kate Kunzman, was on the show earlier this uh, last year, because this will be in 2021. Kate was on the show last year talking about the outfield, but Tom, I want to hear like your perspective. So when did you first hear Good Charlotte, and what were your first thoughts on them? I was, I want to say I was in fifth grade. Okay. Um, I was hanging out with my my best friend, and at the time, him and I were just just avid Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day, uh, anything that felt similar. Um, you know, of course, all the bands that they introduced us to: Screeching Weasel, The Descendants, Rancid, um, everything like that. And I'm trying to remember i believe it was emancipation proclamation was on tv at one point motivation proclamation motivation yeah did i say emancipation <laughs> you did Look at me. i'm trying Honestly, to give a history lesson actually i'm here for history right uh, right on easy the united mix up. states yes changing the topic to the united states um <laughs> no, yeah <laughs> motivation proclamation yeah i uh I think it was the video for that that I saw. And I remember just being so obsessed with the chorus of it. And um, it kind of just, I was just sort of in a, in a spot where I was like, you know what, like that really reminds me of me and my friends right now yeah. more so than, you know, even more so than Green Day and Blink did because they were just so, they were so massive by that point. And Good Charlotte was like, you know, nobody in my like school was familiar with them yet. And I remember me and my best friend were just hooked. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's, around the time uh, Young and Hopeless was 
on its way out and uh, it was about to be available and we were just oh my god we gotta get that cd we gotta get that for christmas and did you see the guitars they're using and all that stuff and yeah it was just really cool you know they were just kind of uh they looked how we wanted to look they played the gear we wanted to be playing on and they were pretty much sporting the same or championing i should say the same bands that we were it was almost yeah. like it felt like friends of ours or like our next door neighbor was really doing it and uh yeah, it was it was a it was a really big moment for us. For, uh, in that point, we kind of felt like we had our first band that we discovered before everyone else in our school did. You know, that's it's such a cool feeling to have that feeling, and yeah. to be right, like to have the band go on to be really big. Yes, that's happened to me on numerous occasions. Now I, I, I vividly, <laughs> Ooh, <bragging. laughs> yeah, no, I vividly remember being in my dad's car once and listening to it was My Chemical Romance actually, and I was like, man, like this is another. I would love to start bringing this type of sound. At the time, I was already in a band with some other friends, and I was like, I would love to start implementing this type of sound. It's just so fun and kind of crazy sounding and a little dark. It was really interesting, and uh, I remember my dad was like, Why do you want to sound like these bands that like aren't gonna last? And all of them, all of them have lasted. It is it's so right. great. Good Charlotte, MCR, you know, you name it. It's 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 been awesome. <laughs> it is a great feeling. Yeah. And MCR is another New Jersey band. So you yeah. did you grow up in New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. I've been here pretty much. Lived here uh, my whole life. And uh, besides, you know, obviously like traveling and right. and just kind of being on the road for. X amount of days. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this is the longest I've actually spent time in New Jersey. Since oh my God, isn't like it a, depressing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not in New so Jersey crazy. anymore, but the longest right. I haven't traveled. Yeah, that's kind of really the downside. It's like the longest we've had to be home in, I yeah. think, for me personally, at least, uh, since I was probably about 17 years old. So oh it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, always been in, always been here. So were you involved in like the local scene growing up? Yeah, it was uh, kind of, you know, we, we had a, a funny situation in the area we live in. It was, nothing was too specific. Um, it was very, for the most part, pretty open-minded. Um, some of the some of the scene that I was more active in at the time when I first started to get introduced to this, this was like when, you know, a lot, everybody was kind of uh, getting introduced to more heavier music, like more like death metal and metalcore type stuff. You know, again, back to Chiodos. Chiodos was a big band for everybody. Um, Under Oath, things like that were really starting to take over uh, for friends of mine and, and just sort of the music we, we started getting interested in playing. And um, every now and then you would get a nice like multi-genre show, which are actually my favorites. Cause I like when, you know, multiple bands of different styles can play together. I don't yeah. want to see the same sounding band four times in a row. So, well, and then it's like, if shows are like segregated by genre, then you just end up seeing the same bands. Every exactly. Time. Yeah. And, and that, that started to happen for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, 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 we started to see the entrance of, or I should say maybe the resurgence and interest in, in mm. more pop punk, pop rock. And, you know, all of a sudden the guys that would have made fun of me for saying that I loved Good Charlotte were now claiming that Good Charlotte was their favorite band all along. It's and, so uh, weird, isn't I it? Know. Like how, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot that, that relates a lot to, you know, a lot yes. of the topics we'll go into, but. Right, right. It's it makes a lot of sense. It's it's convenience in a sense or yeah. whatever and whatever the popular opinion is, even though, you know, local music scenes are, are 
my, my idea of going into them was that it was to create your own world, to create your yeah. own place. Like, you know, a place where everybody was kind of accepted. And in a lot of ways, the local scene uh, felt like high school, felt very segregated. It felt very clicky. And, um, you know, by the time 18th and Addison had started and I, and I, you know, I was coming home from tours in my previous band, I, I intentionally kind of started to just uh, take myself out of that realm and just focusing on uh, just doing my own thing and Kate and I doing our own thing yeah. and just putting music first and, and, and not caring about a scene, not thinking about, you know, this whole community thing. We just kind of figured if we did something that was more, you know, strong enough and passionate enough, the world would come around to us. And it did for the most part uh, locally. And, you know, we, we had a good time with it. And we still do as time has gone on. We just do our own thing. And, you know, that's something I, I think is probably a big direct influence from the guys in Good Charlotte. They, they were always fearless, did their own thing. Yeah. You know, so. It's, I've had so many like conflicting, you know, not being a musician, but, you know, doing everything that I've done within music. Right. I've definitely had a lot of like kind of conflicting feelings on like local scenes because on the mm. one hand it, I have just met a lot of friends, both people that are fans at shows, people that are in bands, people that are other like photographers and such. But I, sometimes it can be very clicky and it can be yes. like, oh, well, you have to do what's best for the scene, even though it's not best for you. And <laughs> exactly is what's best for the scene also going to like help your career in the long run. Right. It, it becomes a thing sometimes where, you know, people want to support you if it benefits them. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, we're, it's just, a, it's a funny thing. You start to realize, I think every band goes through it as, uh, you know, whatever, what it depends because it's so subjective, the term mm -hmm. success, like success is so subjective. So what your band could be doing uh, seems like something that, that level, it, it equals their idea of success and, and it brings jealousy that's when you yeah, start to kind of notice you start to be kind of taken out even though you're just doing your own thing and just enjoying it and uh you know like good charlotte has you know they've just always enjoyed it regardless of what people might have said or thought about them amongst their peers and uh yeah. fans and stuff like that and you do pick up on it very quick and you can kind of read the room hopefully and you know, that's, that's, it's hard to sometimes ignore it, but at the same time, because, you know, it, it does kind of upset you because it's your life. If you're right. passionate enough about it, it does hurt. Um, but then at the same time, we're all cursed with this, like, I don't care, but I care. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, uh, and I know, don't yeah, care. And I have to tell you how much I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to <laughs> wave that like anarchy flag. I just want right. to like, kind of let you know, like that we're just doing our own thing. That's your fault. If it's upsets you that you're not a part of it, but you know, be a part of it from the beginning when it's nothing, you know, be yeah. genuine. If, if I think if everybody in the local scene was more genuine and not expecting things from everyone else, yeah. I think it would, yeah. it would be a lot more like it was when green day was coming up and when blink 182 was coming up and rancid, you know, cause those guys are still very tight with everyone they came up with. And uh, yeah. that's yeah. something I envy because that, that community doesn't exist. Um, and, and I know people try to make it exist, but if it's not genuine and you have to push really hard for community, I don't think right. it's, um, you know, it becomes forced and then it, you know, the, the true colors start to show eventually. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Um, you talked a little bit about it, but I would just love to hear more like how Good Charlotte has influenced you as a musician. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, you know, they, when they came up, it was, it was really interesting. It was at the time, everybody in every, uh, every punk rock, pop punk, I guess, was before a pop punk was even really being thrown around as a, as right. a term. Um, you know, they were all kind of playing, if you remember, like in those videos, like the seafoam green guitars with the mm-hmm. white guitars. Always the like seafoam green. Always yeah. the seafoam green. I don't know what made that like the color. <laughs> I don't know either, but it, they, I got bit by that bug. And I remember <laughs> I had to have a seafoam green I mean, Stratocaster. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I had to have one. I felt like, and, and my, my friend, my best friend, Dominic, was playing drums. He wanted the exact same kit that he was seeing his favorite drummers play, which was yeah. commonly the OCDP kits at that point. Um, but we, um, we, made, we made do with what we could possibly get at such a young age and trying to start a band. And I remember specific conversations as little kids, you know, him and I would be like, you know, at first before he was playing drums, I had him singing because I was too shy to sing. So I was like, no, I'm going to be like Benji. You're going to be Joel. You know, like, this is like that, like, as you're like 11, 12 yeah. years old, you're just trying to find out who you are, you know? And um, yeah, they just kind of, uh, for us, they inspired us to really just try writing music and writing stuff that we wanted to hear and things that we were going through because they were singing about a lot of the things that we were starting to go through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so yeah, we wrote a bunch of, uh, we wrote a bunch of really bad songs, of course, because we were like 11. It was a bunch of vengeful songs like, man, who hurt you at like, <laughs> right. like in sixth grade? And uh, things like that, songs about like skateboarding, you know, stuff you would hear bands like that, MXPX and so on, we're kind of talking about. Yeah. And that was literally what we were. So, you know, we, we yeah. jumped on that. And yeah, they were, they were kind of spearheading that for us along with, of course, Blink and Green Day and MXPX again, you know, of course. So, yeah. Um, so the most recent thing in the 18th and Edison world seems mm-hmm. to be this cover of Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Mm-hmm. Excellent cover. I mean, Kate oh, sounds, you. you're welcome. Kate sounds so good on it. So I have to ask, did this come about before or after that one TikTok? The idea did. Kate had the idea okay. prior. Um, okay. I don't know what got her on a kick about that song, but she was just like, <laughs> Instead, like kept on uh bringing it up and to be honest I, I wasn't really too excited to do it at first and i was just like yeah i was like i don't know i never really got too into uh that song or flew with mac i'm not really sure how we can make this you know our own and and you know do it in a new kind of way yeah um within that time i had s- started releasing music with another project i'm doing with a friend of ours called uh yeah and it's called um black mansions and of course in 2020 you know that's a it's we we could we do everything for that project in a home studio so it's safe it's a little bit easier everybody's comfortable with this whole virus thing going on so don't have to go too far to do it kind of deal and uh you know, uh, we, we just sort of were like, you know what, like, why don't we really try something different? Let's self-produce this in a home studio. Like, we've never done that for 18th and Addison and released it. And uh, so when we figured out that there was a cool way to kind of, you know, put our own flair on it, I got excited, you know, but it just yeah. took a very long time to organize and work out because of everything going on in the world today. And of course, of course as we're planning that video went viral <laughs> and uh then it was just like wow cool okay well 
I guess that's good. We should yeah. definitely try and, and do it soon, especially oh, yeah. if, you know, Capitalize if people on the yeah, and if people are discovering it and enjoying it, why not? I mean, yeah. you know, at the, at the moment, we're just writing so much original stuff. Um, and it's it's not the easiest thing for us to get in the studio right now. Because for 18th and Addison, we do like to be in a big studio and, and do things that way. It just, to us, it just works for that project. And uh, so with, with Dreams, you know, we were like, let's do this a little bit different. Let's make it different from what 18th and Addison would normally do and normally sound like. I mean, this is the time to experiment. And, uh, you know, we found a way to, to kind of make the song ours. And yeah, we had a blast with it. It was really, really fun to do. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I, you. I, hopefully you're welcome. And hopefully people have been picking up on it. And I hope they continue to pick up on it. Um, Me too. One, <laughs> one question. Actually, wait. Uh, didn't didn't Kate do a video like ripping that one TikTok? Yeah, so <laughs> I feel like I saw that. <laughs> yeah, like... so if you go on our, if you head to our uh, our TikTok, we did a quick little video for it because, of course, you weren't going to go all out and make a whole right. two three minute video riding our longboards around. So we were like, you know what? Like that video is funny, but how again? How can we make it more us? And uh, yeah, so Kate, uh, for anyone who doesn't follow Kate on Instagram or see anything that we post, she has a, uh, a really awful habit and obsession with Coca-Cola. And um, <laughs> so we threw her on a longboard drinking out of a two liter bottle. And I have a really bad habit with coffee and decided the coffee might taste better if I just poured it all over myself. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so we did. The neighbors were looking at us like, what are you doing? <laughs> It was really fun though, and it made for a pretty funny video. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to like share it when I tweet about yeah. this episode. Awesome. Um, and then, just <laughs> last fun. question, I want to ask before we do our deep dive: Have you ever seen Good Charlotte live? Yeah, actually, okay. on, on, unfortunately, just once um, because every other time that they were around when I was when I was a kid, for whatever reason, I, I wasn't able to go. Um, but yeah, I finally got my chance <laughs> during, the, uh, during the youth authority run and yeah we, we got to hang with them for a little bit and and they were so cool very friendly and and uh you know interested in in, in music talking music and things like that and it just made for a really great first experience seeing them you know like the the little 12 year old in me was uh was in shock so it was yeah. cool it was a good time it's when They're when you live too they are. And I feel like, I mean, I had seen them for the first time when I was 13, but right. I will say that for the bands that I had to wait like so long to see when you have to wait so long to see a band and they're so good, it's mm -hmm. like the most gratifying feeling. It's like oh, yes, yeah. the waiting paid off. For, yeah, for sure. And you know, we were standing near, uh, near Paul and man, like you can hear it on the records, of course. Um, if you if you listen as as obsessively as right. as I do to literally every detail on a record, um, but it's 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 a crazy thing how underrated he is as a bass player. I, I wish yeah. he was mentioned more in conversation because he watching him and hearing the things that he does in these songs and the way he changes them live. Even it's like man, as if it couldn't, as if it wasn't already awesome. He just made it even better. And uh, yeah, super underrated, un very talented uh, bass player. The whole band, really. You know, Benji and Joel in the songwriting department. You got 
Billy and Paul on bass and their guitar work and just the creative sounds they come up with. Man, it's so awesome. Yeah, and Dean on drums. We love Dean. Yeah, he's a fun one yeah. to watch too. He's, he's just a machine, that guy. Oh my God, he really is. Unreal. So let's talk about Keep Swinging. So, I mean, I had connected with Kate, you know, way back, like right when I started the podcast. Um, right. And I'm, I'm so glad that I get to have you on as well. Um, oh, yeah. So why did you want to talk about Keep Swinging? Yeah, it's just a song that caught my ear very early on. I think it's the, I, I like, I'm kind of a sucker for drum intros on stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and again, back to Dean, the guys, he's been one of my, uh, one of my top favorite drummers, I want to say, since I first really heard him playing on the used album Lies for the Liars. And um, what he brings to Good Charlotte is just so interesting. It's so tight. It's so powerhouse. And um yeah, I just that that is so fun and catchy, and it's a real fun beat to play along to as well. So um, yeah, it, that kind of, that caught my attention first, and then lyrically, it caught my attention because you know I'm always interested in what they have to say, uh, the way they deliver the chorus, everything. It was just I think it's a really like well written song, and it's also one that I don't think is discussed enough. So. Yeah, it's really now not. we get to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, let's let's start discussing. Yeah. What What do you think the song means? Um, I, you know, I think we we have so much to dive into with like, yeah. the topics of the song. But what what is like aside from you know what the band may have said or or anything? Like, what's your personal interpretation? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I wasn't totally aware until I got in touch with you um, exactly that they were commenting on it. Um, I'm glad that they did. Um, to me, it was just sort of a, a, a really awesome sort of, they've kind of always been this band anyway, but they were finally like saying it. Um, yeah. You know, like it's just, they're just sort of like that, that big middle finger band. And um they might not seem like it or or feel like it to everybody, um, but to me, they do. And and with this song, it's just so like you know, I I relate to it heavily because you know, with music, I never want to just do one thing. I like to experiment and change styles and and things like that. And you know, there that's another big thing that they had an influence on me on when I was a kid. So seeing them uh, kind of do that and now talk about it and sort of address some of the hate they might've gotten for being a little different, for being a little more polished and, 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 you know, like whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm glad they finally said something about it, you know, and, and wrote a a cool song like, Hey, we're still here and we're not going anywhere. And there's something behind that determination. It's, it's extremely uh, inspiring. So that, and of course, you know, the feature I love when, rock bands i'll say rock just because you know <laughs> avoid the uh <laughs> is it punk or pop punk you know like it to me it just falls under that world and that's yeah. a very straightforward one and uh you know having a feature is always so cool to me it doesn't happen very often it happens a lot in pop and, and hip-hop but in rock music the door isn't always open to a feature so yeah uh the fact that they that they did it now probably i would could be wrong probably since the first time they did the, the collab on uh with the guys from Revenge sevenfold that was a while ago yeah so good morning revival they had the river yeah. cardiology they didn't have any and the river yeah. was like i mean i guess technically they had some guest vocals on motivation and proclamation but yeah the river was the first like big collab 
yeah, didn't do any credited like you right. knew it was them right yeah. <laughs> i don't think there were any collabs on cardiology and yeah, so yeah then then that brings us to youth authority so yeah and you know of course too being aware of of how they work with sleeping with sirens and things yeah. like that i just saw that as really cool and down to earth to uh you know to kind of for them to not only just bring in a new interesting voice to a, a song but someone like they've that. worked with so closely yeah really really putting up their their friends and and things like that and they've always been about that since like the those trl days wearing like their friends yeah. bands tees and you know, again, introducing me and my friends to all our now favorite artists yeah. because them. Otherwise, how else would an eleven-year-old know about that? You know, so right. yeah, that's just uh, all-encompassing. That song, it's it's really uh, it's a really inspiring one. Yeah, yeah, I think it's about just that determination they've always had to keep going. Um, right. I think you know specifically. I think they're talking about people accusing them of selling out or changing, but what I get out of this song is that they don't really have a response to that. So they just kind of laugh it off and move along and keep doing what they do. And yeah, that's really all you should do. Yeah. You know, I think they've realized it's not worth clapping back to someone's Mm -hmm. face. Um, And yeah, maybe other artists will sell their souls, right. And not go after what they want, but now they're just like whatever like what we do was really special and we just want to like focus on doing what we do and we're going to keep doing that and like f anyone else yeah definitely and then they do it in in their way of doing it you know like there's no blatant you know calling out or anything and and they definitely kind of decorate the message with some good storytelling and a little bit of metaphor and things like that but also if you dig a little deeper it's still a very literal topic you know so yeah it's cool how they did it. And I, I mean, I agree with, I, if that's, I get that same vibe. I feel like if that is 100% exactly what they are trying to get at, I think they, they did it perfectly. And, you know, they handle it really well too. Cause you got to realize at a certain point, you know, you see artists, some artists all the time, they're constantly crying about what a fan says that might be negative. And it's like, yeah, but you're still here. You're still doing right. it. Just really just focus and be thankful for, you know, the people that, you know, really support you and, and aren't just saying negative things on Twitter to get you to respond, you know, f- respond more to the kind, res- the kind tweets and things like that. Cause you know, you'll get that back tenfold. Yeah. And like for all of their, you know, dedicated fans, Good Charlotte right. has had plenty of negative comments, like from the <laughs> yeah. press, but also like I'm yeah. sure you remember absolutepunk.net. Like whenever they would post about Good Charlotte, oh boy, those comment sections, you know. Of course, yep. chorus.fm is like a little tamer, but Absolute Punk yeah. was just nasty, 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 yeah. and and you know YouTube comments and comments on well we'll often read the comments on songmeanings.com because in like around the time of the first few albums that was really popular people would right. be like fighting over like <laughs> how much they hated the songs oh so crazy such but such i feel like, like you know you never heard good charlotte like complain about it like no they were doing what they wanted i mean they're a band that wanted to make music they wanted to make money they wanted to care for their families and and build an empire they wanted to do it all they've done it all 
They've right. literally manifested everything that they've said in their lyrics since the first record. Exactly. Um, you know, they got to do it all and they still continue to do it all. And, you know, what's the sense there, there are artists who are in their shoes as well that still focus on the negative and it's sort of kind of like, you know, what's the point? I mean, we've had our fair share of that as well. And people trying to compare Kate and I as if, you know, <laughs> we're the same person and it's supposed to right. be identical, not acknowledging that this is two totally different people doing one project together. And, um, you know, I used to get bothered by some of the things in the beginning. And then, uh, you know, when you kind of, do your research and do your digging, you realize most people that are just trying to kind of project this hate and misery on a band and their fans and them as individuals, they're just miserable people themselves. That is exactly probably. what I was going to say. They're miserable exactly. people themselves. They have no yep. joy in their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. You see them and then you're like, man, this is the guy with the negative review. Like, never mind. I don't care about any review right. now. You know, it's like, I'm just going right. to be doing what I do. I don't care what any publication has to say. And, I think they they must have gotten so adjusted to that very quickly yeah. because it did hit them very hard. I remember seeing mm -hmm. nothing but negative news about them. And I'm like, man, they're the coolest guys. Their, their music's fun. Like, what, you know, calm down. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know, like I imagine it affects you, of course. Like if you're even writing yeah. a song like this, it has affected you. But like, yes. there's a difference between like, you have a feeling and emotion that is like a yep. reaction to something that happened or something someone said versus letting it change what you're doing, you know? Right, Any, right. Anyone who does anything creative and like puts it out into the world, you're going to get feedback. It's not all going to be nice. For sure. For sure. And, but mean, it's, but it's like, do you let that change what you're doing or not? You know? Exactly. And the ones that do, totally let it change and not in in the sense of of improvement but in the sense of uh you know i want to be accepted right um that's that's when things get a little bit different they start to get which, a little ugly which is let's and, and on that note i want to talk specifically about selling out because right. that's I, I think relevant because it's like if you want to, you know, you try to be accepted and then it's like, oh, are you good now or are you a sellout? So <laughs> we're going to read um, the dictionary.com and the urban dictionary, some urban dictionary definitions. Um, and we'll kind of gloss over like a couple articles I saw on selling out. So dictionary.com defines sellout informally as a person who betrays a cause, organization, or the like, a traitor, or a person who compromises his or her personal values, integrity, talent, or the like for money or personal advancement. If you go on Urban Dictionary, the second definition, oh, it, it this like, this is like a knife in my stomach. The second <laughs> definition on, and you see the screenshot, Tom, um, the second definition of sold out on UrbanDictionary.com on UrbanDictionary.com says, when crappy bands choose to sign to a major label and further ruin their music, ah, rarely is this a it. good thing. And the I example, like, the example just says, Good Charlotte, man, they sold out. Wow. Funny, funny example, because Good Charlotte has been on a major label since their first record. Um, <laughs> so that definition yeah. could use a little nuance, but... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, the guy who put that on there, guy or girl right. that wrote that, is probably wearing a Ramones shirt, who was also on a major label. Right, so, or like a Sex Pistols shirt, who were like... Who was also on created. two major labels. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. And created right. to be on one, yes, exactly. Right. 
so this is a question because we have more to like kind of chat about. Yeah. So we'll come back to this later. So we don't have to give a final answer, but mm. ponder this question. Did good Charlotte sell out? Okay. Yeah. I will ponder it. Ponder I think it. I have my answer already. Yeah. But I will let it simmer for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're going to go through some, just some highlights regarding good Charlotte and selling out and, Oh my God, doing like finding like all of these references specifically just brought back so many awful flashbacks. Cause like, yeah, like you, I felt like for so many years, all I saw was negative stuff about them. Yeah. If you go to the Urban Dictionary definition for Good Charlotte, it's, oh God, a talentless poser band that tries to make everyone <laughs> think they are punk when they are definitely not. <laughs> Um, this band has no talent and plays nothing but formulaic cliche pop tart music. The average age group of listeners is 14. Anyone older than that who likes Good Charlotte is just a dumb fuck preppy who is too stupid to find real music to listen to. Good Charlotte is not punk. Good Charlotte, along with Avril Lavigne, have tarnished the punk image with their conformist pop R word. There it is in itself. Punk yeah. image. Punk image. Right. Right. This part, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and even what's funny is they mentioned Avril and like I was going through a big Avril kick a couple months ago. Uh-huh. And you kind of like you read about her and she was never per se trying to be punk. Like that wasn't necessarily what she was trying to do, even if that's kind of how the first album ended up. Right. So it's kind of funny that she gets mentioned as like tarnishing the punk image. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, people just looking for, yeah. looking for anything and everything to complain about and, you know, be miserable over. Yeah. And then as they probably grow up or if they already are grown up, you know, they, they find later, it's like, oh, this stuff's actually not so bad. You know, right. you know, they, they have skater boys stuck in their head and they won't admit it. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> The Blue and Gray Press had an article called Good Charlotte, More Like Irrelevant Charlotte. Ooh. So we're just going to read a snippet from this article. <laughs> Chronicles of Life and Death in 2004 attempted a more adult music style with songs about dying. And Good Morning Revival in 2007 tried to get us to dance to awkward techno rock. True. Both of those sentences are true. Both were epic failures. Their fan base of MTV Generation High School girls who were already sold on their pop punk were forced to buy slop junk. But at last with cardiology, you'd think that they'd be due for at least one good album free from sellout pop rock hits. Well, sellout pop rock is their calling card, so let's try that again. Good Charlotte is at least due for an album that accomplishes their sellout pop rock style while not being overly asinine. Ugh. <laughs> I, it's, I'm just kind of trying to see what they're getting at. You know what I mean? Like they're saying yeah. they're saying it's sellout music, but that also the albums were failures. So like, yeah. So wouldn't something that sold out be like good? Yeah. Like maybe too polished for your taste, but wouldn't yeah, it be I would good? Assume <laughs> that your argument means sold out would would basically uh, would mean that they were a shoo-in for success right and that's never the case anyway um, no no and, and honestly it's just it's so funny i think that all that stuff makes me laugh with how yeah. people try to portray something and how they view it and 
if you're this age and like this, you're an idiot. And it's like, man, it, you couldn't be more, uh, more pompous and, and just so incorrect. You know, it's, it's not right. like that at all. Music is music and it's good. And, you know, it's good or it's not. And that's it. That it, It's all preference. You know, every music is supposed to be subjective. Art is supposed to be subjective. I, if we all felt the same exact way, it would be the most boring conversation ever. You there would be and, no point in me doing this podcast if everyone felt the same way. Like, Right. Oh, my God. Everybody would do the same interview about the same song. Yeah. So and, and just imagine that, you know, how boring you would get, how bored you would be doing your own show having to oh, talk about the same right. thing you know you you would you would be like i'm done <laughs> right right i would have quit after like three episodes yeah 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 you're like i can't do this for another uh 20 episodes talking about the same exact thing so right. yeah it's it's just i think people um it's a lot of people who just you know they, they've got a lot of time on their hands and yeah nothing positive to focus their own energy on you know instead Completely. of uh you know, sitting there and, and trying to disparage somebody's career and their music and their fan base and other people for liking it. It's like, and I experienced that a lot uh, growing up in, in the town I grew up in. I, I, I heard of, I heard it all the time just because I owned a level 27 shirt. Yeah. And um, you I know, would you, hear you it, just sort I would of hear move it on. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It was also weird because I remember hearing that wearing like my GC hoodie when I was 13 years old. Uh, still the only gc hoodie i ever owned um i need right. another gc hoodie but it was like you're 13 years old what authority <laughs> do you have on this matter right exactly like, like who are you parroting you know because literally like, what authority do you have on this matter yeah and and honestly like if a 13 year old wants to wear it i uh, if a 13 year old wants to wear a five seconds of summer shirt and and they think that they're punk for it Okay, yeah. like I'm happy you're listening to them because instead of, you know, you know, tearing these people apart, you should be happy at the fact that because of Good Charlotte, your favorite punk rock band is now a known name in that kid's household, right? Like, don't you exactly. want your favorite bands to last? Because those are the same people that will complain when the time finally comes that Rancid doesn't do another record. Which right. will never happen to Rancid, but just as an example, because they just are always going, going, going. But, um, you know, they, they do take a little bit more time to put out records now. And I hear people constantly because like, man, course. I wish. Like, because right. of course they take their time. Because they can. And now yeah. they can make, you know, they could do whatever they want and they can work with other artists if they want, which, you know, from experience is a lot of fun. So I get it. And um, some people don't necessarily get it, but I do know people who have, complained about the fact that rancid hasn't released a record in the timely fashion that they would like but at the same time i'm like well you also fight very hard to make sure that nobody else listens to them but you and they can't make records if you're the only fan and everyone else that got there because of good charlotte you made fun of and now they don't want to be there you right because right, they, they, they don't feel welcomed yeah, yeah and that's just not cool and that's what good where good charlotte's staying power really to me where it truly comes from is you are welcome and it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what band shirt you have on. And it doesn't matter if you're wearing a good Charlotte shirt and never listened to them before. They are just yeah, honored yeah. that you're there. Yeah. Can we, can we just say PSA F off with the, if you're going to wear a band shirt, you should be able to name at least three songs. Uh, exactly. Nope. The bands don't care. No, the bands don't care. <laughs> I've frankly I've bought a handful of I've bought plenty plenty of band shirts from like local bands or like DIY touring bands. 
I had no idea of their music, but like I was at a show, it was a cool shirt and I wanted to support a touring artist that could absolutely yeah. use my 15, $20. Right. And even if Metallica, it's a Metallica shirt, they don't care that you don't know their songs because as soon as you post that picture wearing that shirt, there's going to be a kid like us that will see that picture and go, Oh, that's a, interesting shirt that kind of like they might be a, a heavier band let me check that out yeah, and then you yeah. find out that metallica is uh, the root of inspiration for all your current favorite metal bands then you're going to change your way of thinking a little bit and, and it always kind of comes down to that i think I, I noticed a lot of people turned around um on good charlotte you know back to being like oh i was a fan all along when the when social media started to really kick in yes. and photos of to go back to rancid of tim armstrong hanging out with benji and joel or benji is in the fall back down music video mm-hmm. now that was how like, i got into rancid was like learning benji was in that video yeah and that's awesome and you know i'm sure there's plenty of rancid fans who probably shit on good charlotte fans i'm sure we're now like oh yeah i always knew he was cool but it's right. like shut right. up dude right. like no it's like just enjoy the music you know you like it it's okay yeah you don't <laughs> need to like justify it you don't need to show off you know mm. whatever that you're more punk exactly um, because you're not you weren't there in the uk in 1977 and right. even if you did talk to johnny rotten he'll he'll call himself a pop star he'll call himself they'll be like oh he's like it was just a costume because so i remember an interview with johnny rotten and someone was asking him about acting and they were like isn't that like the anti what you're about like dressing up in a costume and doing this thing he goes and he it's was all like dre- no this yeah is he goes up. Yeah, he goes, it's all dress up, isn't it? He goes, we're just having a good time and doing what we want. And he was just like, stop trying to give it a name because that's the most, and I love that, you know, arguably the king of it all, the guy who really spearheaded the whole movement in the beginning uh, was the guys to say that. And, um, you know, because of course, you know, and, and I grew up heavily, heavily influenced by punk rock. Like that's like my, probably my number one still to this day. And uh, it's, it's never just the music to me it's always the it's always what you're saying it's the mentality i mean there's punk rock and hip-hop to me there's punk rock and reggae to me um you know i if you truly understand it you can find it in anything and good charlotte without a doubt their approach their fearlessness uh to do whatever the hell they want like that is as punk as you can be like what's more punk in that moment than to be the poppiest band on mtv with guitars on that have a mess sticker on it so right you know so yeah. That's really it, I think, you know, so it's, it's either that or, or, you know, for the rest of their lives, they just constantly dress up and do mohawks, even if they don't like them, then, then you want to talk right. about something And then out. people say, then people say, oh, well, you're still dressing the same, you're still making the same music, <laughs> and it's boring. Like, yeah, but at the end of the day, apparently, um, artists and bands are not allowed to grow and change like normal people do. But so. they also can't sound <laughs> too much the same. Like, yeah, yeah. No. we're not allowed to progress, but we're also not allowed to stay the same. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, it, that's why I imagine trying to live up to what everyone else's opinion of you what is. Yeah. It's impossible and it's it's stressful. Like, there's no sense in it. Good Charlotte doesn't bite. And I think that's, nope. to me, that is punk rock. You know, they're, they're not buying into it. They oh, do yeah. their thing. They exactly. do it their way. And they're still here. Bottom line, they're they're still still here. here. So two more headlines to mention. Um, Akali.com just had an article called Lifestyle to the Sellouts and Posers. Specifically, (laughs) which which props on the title, honestly. Um, But it was specifically regarding an anti-piracy ad and like saying that they were like 
sellouts for basically for doing an ad. And it was just very funny because like, I don't know how much you paid attention to this discourse, but like you, do you remember the whole thing when like Taylor Swift's albums weren't on Spotify and it was a whole thing of like, Hey, Spotify, you should pay more money Mm -hmm. to artists. And you know, still Spotify, I think does not pay artists what they are worth at all. Not at all. And they're in the process of making it worse. Yeah. But you know, it was, she tried to use her position for good, you know, like she may or may not be able to make the change. And it seems, it kind of seems like that's kind of what good Charlotte was doing with this ad was like, Hey, don't pirate. Like that hurts bands. And like, if good Charlotte says that, maybe that'll help a smaller band. Um, Right. And and the, the article is arguing that. Yeah. The article, no, the article is saying that good Charlotte is, sellouts for doing the ad it was very odd yeah which is that makes zero sense Uh, yeah yeah, Um, crazy yeah there was a whole yahoo answers discussion just did good charlotte sell out and that was just that's just funny because i feel like those type of sites people ask a question expecting like expert advice and like nobody that's answering your question on yahoo answers is like any kind of expert (laughs) you know no but it's all opinions. Right. Let's get to what the Madden brothers have actually said about selling out. So we recently had Maria Sherman on the show. So it's it's nice to be referencing one of her articles for Rolling Stone that was not long after the hiatus. Um, and here's here's a little clip from that article. At their core, Good Charlotte is a punk band. The genre is inherently opposed to the evils of selling out, but that never concerns the brothers. We didn't have money and we wanted it, Joel retorts. A lot of street punk bands came from rich families. They run away for the summer. I'm not dissing that because I get it. We all have our pain that we're running from. We had more of a hip-hop mentality because we came from poverty. That was a real connection. I always thought that was the American dream. Everyone wants to have a dream and get rich from it. Benji continues, the American dream. I believe in that cliche because I know what having nothing feels like. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have money and we wanted it. Like that Yeah. They were never shy about it, I don't think, you know? Never. And come on, I mean we'll look, be like self made millionaires. Yeah, and you're gonna be mad at them for that. I mean, it's just again, it's stuff that uh these people complain about because they don't wanna work for it like like they did. And I mean you don't give rappers shit for bragging about how much money they made off one record and every music video is in like these gorgeous extremely expensive cars and even if the rapper is not making the kind of money where they could afford that stuff always the music videos show that lifestyle exactly but like where's the conversation about that whoever artist who's pretending that that's their situation where's calling that guy a sellout where's calling that guy a poser there's not and it's just because almost like people expect it from yes. hip hop and rap but, but like, like punk is supposed to be genuine and you're supposed to just do it yeah. for art yeah but I mean that's it's so funny people they want that but then they complain if a band that they that the, that the, the people that complained they, they may have made it sure that the band did not grow anywhere past their friend group and then they're upset yeah. that they never made another record. It's like, well, of course they didn't yeah. because you're not allowing them to grow. So quit keeping them back, um, support them, you know, allow them to achieve their dreams so that they can remain motivated. And there's this, uh, there's this stigma that when bands do start to make big money, 
off of their dreams and, and what they what they work for that their music apparently gets worse and it's that's not the case it's just sometimes no. when you are in a heavy heavy workflow of touring and writing and recording and then another tour and then another writing session and then another recording session you're you're it's like any other human being our our brains start to kind of run short of ideas and they get tired and motivation starts to sort of go out the window and it uh, gets a little scary at times but the artist wants to provide music and so they do and it might not be always the best work ever but of course that's always subjective um but you know it, it's it's you know tr motivate them by being there by being supportive and you'll get that in return you know you'll get great music back if you, you kind of just allow it but um there's a stigma in punk and in rock where you know they the fans and some of the artists also included don't want the genres to expand past what it's supposed to be to them and, right like uh, they want bands to be as big as they can but you can't like be on mainstream radio yeah you can do well you just can't do better than than it's a, it's a mentality of that it's like i want you to do well but not better than me and uh right Right. That that's so counterproductive and it's harmful to, to music. It's harmful to the growth of music. But then, you know, people, those same people will complain about how country and hip hop is the leading two genres in the world. It's like, well, you because rappers, yeah, because rappers want to work with guys in rock and roll. The guys in rock and roll are the ones turning it down. And you know, then the rappers end up learning how to do it themselves and people gravitate because it sounds different than the typical and um mtk you know, i saw someone tweet on that go. note mgk his spotify listeners went up 40 like 47 percent this year because yeah, he because did that he album where he like worked with travis barker yeah he took a chance and a lot of his fans didn't honestly know who travis was you know and or who blink 182 was yet they learned through mgk's you know change and you know yeah. yeah he's getting a lot of hate for it of course which is again the problem but allow it to expand let this guy and guys like him and post malone like let let them breathe new life into the genre and take the yeah. genre with you you know ozzy osbourne got a lot of shit for doing the song with post malone from all the metal fans but i'm like well that's gonna he, introduce so many like post yes. malone fans to uh, the yes. like, and it's a beautiful thing and and honestly as uh as a as a person in a band myself i i want that you know i i'm yeah. all for that so if that's what your favorite artist is doing they didn't do it because they didn't want to <laughs> you know, like, exactly they did it because they were they were excited about it and um yeah as fans it should be supported and yeah, it's just, a, it's a really funny thing. There's a reason that, uh, you know, Benji mentioning that was it Benji or Joel that said they, that, that they approached it with a, with like a hip hop mentality. Joel, Joel said that. Joel said that. And I'm glad that he did because I've said that to Kate in conversation in the past where I'm like, I think every band should approach what they do with a more hip hop mentality. There's more go getter. Yeah. There's more hunger. Mm -hmm. There's not enough hunger in rock and roll and punk rock and pop punk. There's a lot of self deprecation. And it's only just breeding, breeding doubt. And it's, and you know, the doubt is just attracting doubt from other people. And, yes. Um, yes. It's not worth it. You know, approach things with a little more confidence and a little bit more of a, a, a you know, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to lie. You don't have to be, you know, I guess, uh, 
you don't have to be like vulgar about it or anything, but like Good Charlotte did it in a way where they were very honest from the beginning. They, oh my they, God, yeah. Think about that first record. What's the song? I can't Waldorf remember. Worldwide. They say we'll be self-made millionaires. Yeah. yeah. Like, even yeah, festival song, they talk about yes. making it big. I mean. Yeah. They were always talking about it and they went after it and did it regardless of what anybody else wanted. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's not your band at the end of the day. Like, yeah, you're exactly. a fan of the band, but it's not your band. If you don't like it and you don't like the approach uh, without being an asshole, go start your own band and do it the way you would like to see it be exactly. done. Exactly. Simple. So let's get back to Keep Swinging. Because mm-hmm. I have a couple interviews I want to reference specifically about that song. So Benji did a behind the track video. He did behind the track. He did these videos for every song on the record. Right. And he said, if Kellen's in the studio, a really great song is going to come out. That's just who he is. The message is never give up. We always felt in GC as the underdogs, whether we were being criticized for our decisions or our style, whatever we were doing. And even now, going completely independent and putting our records out ourselves and doing all the things that we're doing now in the music industry, we still feel like underdogs and like we're fighting for a good cause. And they both of the twins did an interview with May the Rock Be With You, where just the interviewer mentions that like they were in a slump and they asked the twins for their motivational advice. Uh, and Benji just talks about how Keep Swinging is the most motivational song like, I love the chorus of that song. It's like when they said we sold out, we keep swinging. To me, that's the most motivational song on the record. I could totally agree with that. I think so, too. Yeah. Oh, completely. Because it's like, people are going to hate. People are going to tell you to stop doing it. But, like, the most punk thing is to just keep doing it. I always yep. feel like whenever someone either tells me that to stop doing something or that they don't think I should keep doing it, doing it, whatever it is. I feel so powerful when I keep doing something that someone has either like said no or like, I don't think you can do that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's great too to also see the look on the face of the person after they see or hear what you've done after they had convinced themselves that you couldn't. And yes. then, uh, you know, you kind of see that jaw drop, like, and then you wait for the moment and they're like, all right, you did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, one more interview we'll just mention with Upset Magazine. Joel is talking about the backstory of this song. And he says that Kellen is a really good friend of ours that, you know, they had worked on Madness, the Sleeping With Sirens album. And we love that guy in that band. He's a good songwriter, and we don't really do focused songwriting sessions. With Good Charlotte, it's really just friends and family. And if we're making a record, friends come by and are like, can we work on the record too? And we're always like, of course. So Kellen was in, and he had this riff or whatever, and we just made this song really fast, actually. Um, And he says that he wasn't sure of it at first. And then I listened to it, and I was like, fuck, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. I love his Uh voice. The bridge is my favorite part of the song. He fucking killed the bridge. Yeah, I love that bridge. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. No, it's so huge. And it's it's nice to hear that. I mean, the people, I think, as we've just been saying, the people that are successful are not the people who box themselves in. So it's nice to oh, hear yeah. that, like, yeah, Sleeping with Sirens and Good Charlotte may be, quote, unquote, different genres. But yes. e- even though to, like, an outsider to the scene, Sleeping with Sirens and Good Charlotte are probably very similar, you know? Like yeah, someone yeah. who's who's been to Warped Tour every summer 
are going to be like, no, those bands are so different. But someone yes. who, who's like, what's a warp tour is going to be like, oh, they're <laughs> both, they both like have eyeliner and wear black. Oh, they're, like, they're the, the same. rock band. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They're the, oh, that's the rock band. They played the yeah, warp tour. And those tour. are the people that don't comment as much also. So mm-hmm. you are going to hear more from the snobby kind of know-it-all people, but also from the people who do really have an understanding and just provide an actually valid and, and, and positive opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you very rarely hear from the people who are just sort of casual fans. You don't really hear yeah. from them as often. So, Tom, did you have any like specific memories or stories that you want to share about Keep Swinging? You know, uh, really with that one, I, I just remember hearing it for like yeah. the first time when that album came out. I remember I actually bought it uh, and surprised Kate with it. And um, Amazing. We, yeah, we were just both like really excited to, uh, to have a new Good Charlotte record out. Um, it was funny because the album came out around the time we were working on our full-length Makeshift Monster. And I remember the first single was Makeshift Love. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. You know, I remember being... So um, a little discouraged by that. And in that same year, uh, some 41 had released uh, 13 Voices. And it was like their first album back after Derek was uh, getting sober and everything. Yeah, and yeah. the first we had a, our first single off that exact same full length was War. And their first single off that album was War. And we were like, what and then Good Charlotte had a song called War, too. Yes, and Leech uh, is was it just is it it's not Leeches right on uh, Generation RX. It's Leech. Yeah. It's Leech. Leech. Yeah, I thought so because we were yeah. working on Old Blues Modern Love and putting out the song Leeches, and then that album came out with the title Leech, and I'm like, man, we're just shadowing each other. Can we just right. all do a record together? <laughs> I mean, I, you know what, you know what, Tom, I think you're speaking it into existence. Um, I'm I, trying. I, hope I so. support it. I endorse it yeah. fully. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't want to sell out or anything, but uh, right, I would absolutely. <laughs> I would sell out if I got the chance. I'd totally sell out. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what don't. selling out would be for me, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, who who knows? It's just it. It's nobody. I don't think anyone who even calls people out for it knows right. what it is. But uh, right, right. But yeah, no, it was just so funny, and I just so vividly remember that happening, and um. You know, I thought that song, uh, specifically about that song, was just such like a the perfect touch. It kind of gave me like, uh, probably next to uh, Makes of Love, gave me the the most. I want without, um, you know, without you know throwing them back into their past or anything right. like that. Uh, reminded me a little bit of that first record, and uh, how I felt when I heard the click. And, you know, yeah. and that was one of my favorite riffs. And um, as a kid, and I I remember sitting in my room and teaching myself guitar to learn that riff as well as like an Eve six song, I think. And, um, you know, it was, and that riff specifically. And then, you know, when that came in, I'm like, Oh man, that feels like the first time listening to good Charlotte. And I thought it was really cool. And then, yeah, of course, like I mentioned before, it was just, you know, hearing that voice come in, uh, in the second verse, I, I wasn't ready for it. And I remember at the time being like, I'm not really sure what to make of that just yet. Um, and then over time, I'm like, man, I can't stop singing it and I can't stop singing the bridge and, yeah. you know, really cool things like that. It was just a, it was a nice little throwback for, for fans like us, but it was also a new thing too that, that none of us saw coming, I think. And that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, I just remember being like really, um, really happy hearing that song. It just put oh, me yeah. in a good mood immediately. And it's very, it has a very triumphant 
kind of feel to it lyrically and in uh and in the music yeah one thing i like to mention is other songs in their catalog that kind of relates to uh, mm -hmm. I just want to live comes to mind like that yeah. line where they say life's out to the rich and famous your first hit. Aren't you ashamed of yeah. the life of the life you're living? Um, God, I love that. Yeah. It was so cool. when they did that. Oh, that was so great. That's probably right? the most clear kind of relation I can feel. I mean, there, you could maybe say some of like some of good morning revival, like thematically, but yeah. Um, Again, that hip hop approach was yeah. in there, you know, um, Eminem would pull that type of stuff too. I think he does it on rap. God. Where he sort of says, uh, mentions, he, he blatantly mentions the first Marshall Mathers LP and, uh, yeah. you know, Good Charlotte. I've never heard another band, like, I've never heard Green Day on American Idiot mention Dookie, you know? Right. So, right. like, it was very interesting. Again, it's doing something else that was different and interesting. Like, oh, wow, like, very conscious, very conscious trajectory here. Not and a, very much a thing that I feel like hip hop artists do all the time. 100%. Yeah. And I think growing up being such a fan of punk rock and hip hop probably is like my top two favorite genres like that really hit me you know i remember catching that relation and i think that's why amongst other people of my my age group and a couple of the kids that were a few grades older than me that would kind of mock me and my friends for being into good charlotte i think that's why we understood it more than they did because we were looking at everything and not just punk rock you know yeah so and they were too very open minds and, and it's it's really cool yeah well we're this has been going on a while but i do have like a few more things we're going to get into yeah, yeah, sure. So, there's a music video for this song. It's a montage. Um, it's some, like, 2016 footage, some 2017. Definitely a lot of Warped Tour stuff. It was released June 2017, coinciding with some festivals. There's some great uh, moments of Kellen and some backstage and a lot of really sweet fan interactions, which just melt my heart. <laughs> uh, my fans. favorite was the guy that commented saying that at two minutes and 45 seconds, that is me and my wife on our honeymoon that oh, cool. you guys signed the shirt. Amazing goals, yeah, amazing. literal goals. I love it so much. Yeah, for sure. Any comments on the video, Tom? You know what's funny is I actually was totally unaware that there was a video for it. <laughs> I remember I remember seeing uh, a video with like a lot of montage stuff being yeah. promoted on Instagram, and I thought it was literally just a oh, quick just update on yeah. Instagram because I remember it not linking to anything and me looking for it because I love the montage videos. I love uh, same behind the scenes type stuff. The the non uh, contrived storyline of a video i mean i love telling a good story but i really love um seeing what the artists are like when it's not acting when it's not yeah. portraying a character for a video and having to play into an effect or a set uh setup or whatever and uh i remember looking for more and i could not find it and i was just like oh it must have just been a cool <laughs> little like hi guys you know they do that a lot too where they just they'll just post something pretty cool real quick and just be like hey we're here you know, right, we're here. We exist. It. Yeah, we'll we'll get you guys some new music soon. But for now, we're just chilling with our kids. You know, like they're so good right. about it because they can do whatever they want. You know, so yeah. that's literally the extent of it. I, I wasn't aware that there is deeper uh, content in the video, but that is so cool, man. Like seeing that stuff with uh, how you can have 
an effect on somebody's life. And now this, this, this married couple, oh my God. like that was our honeymoon. Like you were a part of their honeymoon. Like what a, that's like, what an honor. Like such, I was exactly, it's gotta feel like such an honor. Yeah. Uh, let's go through some reviews. People were like split on this. Uh, so I'll try to read. I have a bunch. I probably won't read them okay. all, but we'll read sure. some positive reviews and then some, not so positive reviews as we always do it yeah, would not balance. be a good charlotte critical analysis without the negative reviews <laughs> new noise magazine gave the album a 4.5 out of 5 and they said mm. that tracks like 40 ounce stream life can't get much better keep swinging and cars full of people are just about perfect and contagious as hell expect to have them set on replay whenever they come into your listening rotation i'll tell you now i agree with that one thousand percent. I did the same thing. I could not stop yeah. listening to Forty Ounce Dream when I first heard it. I, it was on all day long. Yeah. Um, we plug good music. Really appreciated. Like the end of the song, they mm. said the closing moments are beautiful and earnest. There appears to be even some strings added to the end too. Over mm-hmm. the top, yes, but definitely at least a little majestic. Hmm, that's funny. I, I wouldn't personally call it over the top. I thought it was a nice touch the way they uh they ended it i mean to me it, it lends itself to a really cool live transition you oh, know, yeah. they could go into a, anything they want out of that one and it'd be an amazing uh, i just you could imagine the feeling it'd be what song comes next you know yeah uh rock sound said that it was vintage good charlotte and that it provides a fitting soundtrack as the summer months come into view awesome yeah that's a good one i totally agree um prelude press had a really sweet review just talking about how the album the album feels like growing up but thankfully growing up doesn't always have to mean letting go of the things you love uh, yes and they said that keep swinging is easily a high point on youth authority yeah definitely yeah there's not a whole lot of low points on that record, but right. um, but it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a high point. And I thought adding the strings was nice. It, it definitely, again, to go back to that, that was, it was nothing that I felt like I haven't heard them try to do before. You know, uh, Chronicles had, had strings and synths mm-hmm. and interesting stuff all over it. I think a lot of times people do forget um, that there are older records where artists did make an attempt at something early on and then right. perfected it later. And you might exactly. just be noticing it more now, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's cool, though. It's a good review. Yeah. Very, 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 like, in-depth. I appreciated that. Maria Sherman reviewed the record for Spin, giving it a 6 out of 10, saying that the weakest moments on Youth Authority are found on the slower songs. She said regarding the two collaborations that Reason to Stay is superior she said reason is the superior of the two collaborations on the record. The other being a sentimental keep swinging with sleeping with sirens, heartthrob Kellen Quinn, but that might just be our cowbell bias talking. <laughs> That's funny. Let's, let's read some, uh, not so, not so nice reviews. There's, there's <laughs> one from Sputnik music that gave the album a 1.5 out of five. And Sputnik has done reviews on a couple good Charlotte records. And I think they've all been like 1.5 out of five. <laughs> it's like at that point, why even do the review anymore? <laughs> well, and I'm just like, are all of the records 1.5 out of five? Or did you just yeah. feel like you couldn't give it any lower of a rating? Like, 
Right, right. I don't know. Um, But this person summarized their review as the Chronicles of Mid-30s Drama, which, like, (laughs) okay, fair, fair. And and just listed pros and cons, and under cons, they just said Kellen Quinn's featured vocals and keep swinging are annoying. Which, like, look, like, (laughs) you and I have been going, we're going on about how much we love Kellen's voice. Obviously, a lot of people feel similarly. They're a very successful band. But yeah, not everyone is going to like Kellen's voice. It's very different. It's a little jarring at first, and I can see yes. why. I mean, this person probably, and I'm uh, to, uh, I really like, I, I would hate to be anything other than honest about it because, you know, it's like when I first heard it, I wasn't sure either. Like I said yeah. before, I was like, I don't know what to make of this yet. Um, it, it, like I said, it almost sounds inhuman. It, there's, a, there's a point of it in terms of like, I think like the mix and like on the mixing side, it's almost like it sounds like it, it's not, it almost doesn't sound real, you know, but as you really keep listening, you're like, man, like if this wasn't the second verse though, if he wasn't singing that and if he didn't do the bridge, I don't know if I would be as glued to it still today. And, um, you know, usually I think a lot of people who review tracks or, or, an, or an album, you know, track by track probably only listened, you know, to the song and then did a review and they might've listened to it a few times, but like didn't give it the time it needs to sink right. in. And I Which, think a lot of the best stuff comes from stuff that doesn't hit you right away. It's always yeah. the stuff that later on you're like, Oh wow, this is great. It's and you can't stop listening. Like, I, I will say like, coming. I think my fault in terms of like, cause in terms of writing, my thing was more so like maybe show reviews, writing about a show or news. My big thing with writing was always interviews. Um, right. But, like, where I felt I always faulted in writing album reviews is, like, listening to the album too many times and taking too much time. Okay, yeah. Because then it's, like, you just start to think so much about it and you're not giving, like, Mm -hmm. an initial kind of reaction. And I think there's definitely a skill in, like, being able to make good judgments quickly in terms of, like, review. It's, It's a skill, for sure. Oh, yeah. And depending on, you know, what kind of, at what level you're writing, it might be like, oh, like even with Substream, you would have people who had 24 hours to write an album review. Right. Yeah. And that's not a whole lot of time to, yeah. uh, for anybody, I think, to fully digest and really understand a record and appreciate it or really make sure you don't appreciate it. Um, I think everything kind of takes a little time with that, especially you know, you got to think like how much, how much time went in for the artist to create that. And you only have 24 hours to listen to that entire thing, which is months and months and months of work for these guys. And you go and, and have a negative review after only listening once. Right. You know? So it's kind of like, uh, you know, like where's, where you, how, right. do, how do you make it, how do you make it fair enough to actually be a, a an assessment that should be taken seriously or, should be something that either encourages or deters somebody from buying it. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, let's read, as our last kind of segment, let's read some comments on the music video because I like reading what fans have said. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's always fun. There was a lot of love for Kellen. JC17 said Kellen's got one of the purest, most unique voices in the industry. And Cherry Ramon says, not a big fan of SWS music, but I have to admit, Kellen has one of the best voices in the music industry. Um, The Bex 10 
10169 said, honestly, thought it was a female singing. I was so confused. Reminds me of when I first listened to Coheed and Cambria. Ha. Awesome. That's a, yeah. actually a great That's a great compliment. comparison. I would have never th- actually thought that. Yeah, wow. I can, yeah. I can see that. He could probably sing some Coheed really well, actually. It's very similar. Oh, my similar God, yeah. Range. There were a couple p- comments like kind of calling out the hate against Hel- Kellen. Mm-hmm. But what was weird was I didn't see any comments on this hating against Kellen. Like I scrolled through a whole bunch of comments on this video and I didn't really see anyone saying that like they hated Kellen's voice or they didn't like it. Like it was <laughs> right. pretty much people saying like one person said that they weren't a good Charlotte fan, but they listened to the song because of Kellen. Um huh. And a cool. bunch of people saying that this still sounds like good Charlotte. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe comments got deleted. Who knows? Yeah, that's a, that's pretty interesting, but I think that's yeah. cool. I think that's again, a, a, a great thing too for good Charlotte is they've remained, you know, kind of what a great album to run with the title youth authority. I mean, they've really managed to, to stay in touch and not lose touch with, mm-hmm. Um, with the youth and like yeah I still see kids that are uh, like for instance Kate's little brother is the age about the age I was when uh, I got into Good Charlotte and was really discovering my style of music that I liked and Good Charlotte really helped me make that decision you know like this is what I like this is the sound I want this is what I hope my guitars come out sounding like and things like that as like a little kid, you know, trying to figure out everything from the clothes you wear to the music you're interested in. Like you're trying to find an identity and he's still now doing the same thing. Like he'll still start singing to good Charlotte and it'll be new or old good Charlotte. And um, I think that there's young kids too that are brand new to music in general and finding a scene through sleeping with sirens. And now falling in love with good Charlotte because of that. And you exactly. know, they're, 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 they're finding sleeping with sirens. Thanks to, you know, sleeping with sirens partnership with, with good Charlotte, you know, mm-hmm. and because they're on MDDN. So it's clearly a, a conscious team effort. And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to see that, you know, music should work that way. And it should, everybody should be able to help carry one another to the finish line. Yeah. It's way too hard of a game to win by yourself. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Let's get back to this final question. Did Good Charlotte sell out? No. My answer is no. To me, Good Charlotte did exactly what they wanted to do. They did exactly what they said they would do. They stuck to it. They continue to stick to it. Right. Like what's the selling out in that? Or what's the selling out? They, they're happy. You're a, you're, I think for one, if you're a musician, the, the term sell out, this is for bands on, I think, all levels, specifically like on a local level where there's like a unwarranted ego. I think um, <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'm just, just laughing because like, I know exactly like what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And there's the sellout term gets thrown around a lot and um, get it out of your vocabulary if you really mean what you're doing, because that's a really toxic, negative mentality. And the only yes. person you're hurting is yourself and your own band. Secondly, I think other people who use the term sellout, um, they're missing the point. You know, uh, mm-hmm. bands have to make money in order to stay above water and continue doing what they do. A lot of bands are probably not going to see the end of this year due to the COVID. And it, a lot of it does have a lot to do with people not allowing those bands to grow 
because they kept them too near and dear to themselves and their core friend group. And the whole sellout concept, man, it's if you're going to use it, the, 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 the only way I can see potentially making sense is you're a sellout if you go against what you truly love and believe in just because you want to be rich and famous. Like if you enjoy what you're doing and that stuff comes to you, awesome. But you know, if you're solely doing things for that and then you fall yes. flat on your face, now you're not only broke and unknown, but you also don't even have a record you can look back on and live with and be proud of. So now you have nothing. So right. it's like, think a little deeper, I think, before throwing that stuff out there on people. And, and with Good Charlotte, no, man, like they've, they're so true to themselves and honest and they have been from, from the press to, to how they treat their fans, to the things they, the choices they make musically, to going independent, you know, like, they are their own label now and their own managers now. It's awesome. And uh, that's, that's a task not a lot of bands are willing to take on, even though, you know, that is what you have to do in order to be successful. There's not a band on this planet that is as successful as a band like Good Charlotte who just solely relies on a record label to do all the work. It's like, you got to be your own industry first and then let the kind of let, let the other people come to you. And uh, yeah. anyone who, you know, most people just don't know, you know, and it's okay if you don't know, but it's also probably a wise choice to not speak negatively about things you don't understand. So yeah, it's a uh, good Charlotte didn't sell out and, and they're still great and keep swinging is an awesome song. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Tom, I mean, you kind of addressed this, but how has this song held up for you over time? It's gotten better to me, to be honest. It's still, uh, I honestly, actually, when we, when we get done with this, I'm probably going to go listen to it because I yeah. haven't actually listened to it in a couple of days. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I've got it on playlists uh, and, and I'm not really always on there making playlists like on Spotify and stuff like that. Um, and and that's a that's a song I make sure I add. You know, it's just one of my favorite ones. And uh, yeah, it really has. It's just continuously getting better every time I hear it. And yeah, I notice something different every time. So that speaks to the production and and you know the, the just the overall songwriting is just you always kind of pick up on something new and different and something you might not have admired or appreciated before, such as Kellen's feature or whatever. You probably will appreciate now if you go back and listen. So. Yeah, it just keeps getting better to me. I, I love the song. And the more we've dug into it, I think I have an even deeper respect. Yeah. Know? The more you talk about it, it just makes it even better. The, that's something special about that, right? Like that uh -huh. talking about it more makes it better instead of like ruining it. Oh, yeah. And I would rather have, you know, this conversation about, you know, something constantly getting better and progressing and, and the good and the bad of, of a certain thing, you know, because that's kind of what goes into, <laughs> in my opinion, really good music. Um, rather than kind of joining the party of uh, just trash talking somebody like MGK or trash talking Good Charlotte for, you know, having Liberty Spikes but not sounding exactly like Rancid. It's just sort of, who cares? You know, is the music good? Right. Awesome. You know, are, are they happy with how they look? Cool. Because that's really none of your business. If you don't like it, don't do it. So, yeah, yeah that's, I love it. And yeah, it's just, it's one of those songs. They, they like I said, it's the middle finger band <laughs> yeah. without having to say it they don't have to say it it's just it's there and, and like you said because they keep going they're they're still here and uh the fact that they're still here is enough of a statement yeah well it, 
what has Good Charlotte been to you over the years and how has that changed? Um, you know, it really, honestly, it hasn't. It's just, conti- it's, it's, if, if anything, it's kind of pushed me further and encouraged me more to really lean into independence as a musician and as a writer and just, uh, just a, a creative person, I guess, or I think everybody's creative, just not everybody allows themselves to, to, to showcase it. Um, but to, to do that a little bit more fearlessly than ever before. Yeah. Um, but that's who they always were to me. You know, I didn't care if I got made fun of cause I wore black every single day or because my hair looked funny or cause I was in a band before it was a cool thing to be in a band and things like that. You know, they, they were always sort of, uh, I would say like freedom and individuality. And, uh, the only way it's really changed is it's just, it's, you know, I, I, you know, you feel more a part of something, I think, cause I'm also now, as I grow up, I continue to listen to new music and adapt new artists and try to give everybody a chance. And you see them doing the exact same thing. And I'm sure it's guys like them and seeing Tim Armstrong from rants and do that for good Charlotte, you know, that stuff sticks with you. I think when you witness it as a kid and uh, yeah, that's, that's really how they influence me almost more than they do in on the music side. It's more so how they carry themselves really. Yeah. Amazing. Tom, this has been so great. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Do you have any last words about Keep Swinging, about Good Charlotte, about 18th and Addison, or about yourself? Not, no. I mean, just really, I mean, people should just give, if you don't like the song, give it another chance. Um, just, you know, keep giving, give music a chance, really. Like, give new music a chance uh, and more than just one listen before you uh before you go posting about it and and disparage somebody's hard work because no matter the height of the band it does affect everybody and how we all choose to handle it everybody so it is it's it's always different but it still has its effects and um i think after a year like 2020 Mm -hmm. i think i think it's it's more important uh instead of bashing people um we should probably just give all different styles a chance if you're in a rock band give that local rapper who wants a guy in a rock band to write him some music or a hook or whatever, try it, you know, don't turn it down just because you don't, you know, you think that that's not rock and roll. Cause the most rock and roll thing you can do is do that. And you know, if, uh, if you're into whatever else, try to find that, that commonality between all the music. Cause you know, good Charlotte yeah. has been trying to tell you about it for years. <laughs> and, oh yeah. You know, and they're still going, they're still fighting to make sure you see the, the relationship uh, between punk and hip hop and pop and and all of that, so there's something good in everything if you look hard enough. I think um, absolutely. Yeah, as for like my own music, I guess you know, like the 18th and Addison, we're we're really just writing a ton right now and collaborating with some really amazing artists. Uh, we'll have us. This is you. Had, you said this is airing in in 2021. Yes. Cool. So yeah, I mean. Um, it will either have already been out <laughs> or it's on the way. If you just check our social media, we always update and keep things uh, as up to date as possible on there. But um, we're working on a, a song in collaboration with Fred Mascherino of taking back Sunday. Fred. Yeah. And we're having a really good time with it. And, you know, again, that, that collaboration and the encouragement of uh, rock bands, punk rock rooted bands, doing features and collabs in that hip hop mentality, you know, like having a good time and accepting artists and uh, to kind of come in, you know, it's not an exclusive club. It's, it's an open door for creative people and 
this is probably one of the most exciting things I think we've done in the last few years. <laughs> so we're very excited to release that, but um, doing as much as we can during, you know, what we can coming out of yeah. 2020, that's for sure. It has not been easy, especially for a smaller working band like us, but we're trying our best. And uh, yeah, in the, in the meantime, you know, hopefully people enjoy what's already up and join us on TikTok. Watch us pour coffee all over ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Making a fool of ourselves in front of the neighbors. Tom, thank you so much. Last question. So I do a Generation GC and Friends Spotify playlist. Cool. um, Where I just get recommendations from our guests. So what song, what's something you've been listening to that you want to share with with the class? Okay. Are we going, anything? Anything that's not Good Charlotte or your own band. Cool. Um, so lately, I have been listening to a ton of. Let me find it. Okay, <laughs> there's this song, and I'm driving Kate crazy with it. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm gonna choose a song that Kate and I both equally love. Uh, it's called "Desire" by Meg Myers. Oh, I love her. Yeah, isn't she awesome? Oh, she's so great. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to throw that one on there desire by meg myers I've, I've been hooked on that for a while now and now kate's obsessed too so yeah it's it's awesome amazing tom thank you so much listeners i'll throw links to catch up with 18th and addison in the show notes thank you so thank much you. for tuning in my name is molly huddleson i've been your host you can follow generation gc at generation gc pod pod on facebook twitter and instagram and you can also follow me molly at m huddleson m h u d e l s o n on twitter and instagram thank you all for tuning in please make sure to subscribe to the show rate review and tell all your friends